Yo, I just started reading the Micah. No, Malachi. My bad, Malachi. It's so it's so close to Micah, uh, Malachi. And man, it's a it's a really deep and meaningful book. I feel like there's it's really intense. There's a lot going on in it. Well, actually, no, it's very simple. But God is very clear about what He wants and what He cares about in it. It's crazy because it's the last book before the New Testament. And I think it lines up time-wise there. I think after the book of Malachi, there was a 400-year silence where, where God didn't speak through prophets. And the people of Israel were kind of waiting for God to show up and speak and, and do something. And ultimately he does with Jesus, which is beautiful and really cool. Uh, but the book of Malachi, let's dive in. Chapter 1, super intense. We see that God is really upset with his people. This people that he's drawn out, that he's he's brought in out of Egypt, that he's grown up over the years, helped them win, win wars and develop and grow in prosperity as a nation. It's kind of they've, they've turned away from him. The sacrifices they bring to him, it's no longer the firstborn. They're they're bringing blind goats and pigs. They're bringing the not pigs. They didn't sacrifice pigs, but they're bringing the rejects of their animals to present to God. Rather, rather than giving their best to God, they're giving their their trash, their recycled stuff. And I think what makes God even more mad, he talks about it in the first chapters. He talks, he says, and you guys ask, you know, well, you you don't love us. How, how you know, prove to us you love us. And God's like, are you kidding me? Like... I've proven over and over and over again that I care about you. That I'm committed to this relationship. And God uses an interesting example. He says, you know, Jacob, I love Esau, I hate it. It's kind of confusing when you first read it. But I, I think what he was meaning was this. is Look at what has happened to Esau's people. They're struggling. They're captive. Their nation is destroyed. They're, they're nothing in terms of uh, prosperous or, or, or developed. But Jacob's people, Israel, look at how they're doing. You guys are succeeding. You guys are doing extremely well in terms of prosperity, in terms of blessing, in terms of favor. So how can, you want me to prove to you that I love you? Take a look at Esau's people and then take a look at your own stature. Does that, does that not show that I've, I've, I've cared for you and walked with you and developed you and shown you my favor as God? It's a really, it's a good argument. And I think it is kind of annoying. Like when you care, when you care deeply about someone or something and then they question your care. Like, wait, what? Maybe you've been in a relationship, like dating relationship, um, where you do so much for that person and you care so much for them. And, and they're like, well, I just feel like you don't really care about me. It's like, what, what is going on? Somebody's got, somebody's got an off perspective in some capacity. And in this case, I'm willing to bet on God and, and not the people of Israel. 
because we, you know, God points out, you guys are clearly not caring about this relationship. You're bringing stolen animals and, and, and sacrificing them and acting like things are good. You're bringing blind goats, the rejects, the animals you were going to kill anyways, and devoting them to the Lord. I don't want your rejects, man. And then you're asking and questioning my love? It's a joke. Malachi, he he dives in a bit more and... um, in the, in the second chapter, he begins to dive into um, how much God deeply cares about his name and how they've kind of squandered it, especially the teachers and priests. He gets specific with the priests in chapter two, the leaders of the nation of Israel. And he's like, yo, you guys have dishonored my name in so many ways. Stolen goats. In terms of your sacrificial system. And in chapter 2, God says something insane. It kind of blew my brain. It blew my mind when I read it. He said, God, I think, is very upset and is almost having a tantrum right now. Like it's an argument. Literally, it sounds like an argument between a couple. He's like, you've forgotten the wife of your youth, me. You've forgotten about our relationship. I'm so mad that I want to take dung, I want to take poop, feces, and rub it on your face. (laughs) That's what he says in chapter 2. He says, I want to take the dung from these sacrifices, this crap that you call sacrifice, and I want to rub it all over your face. (laughs) It literally takes the the, the word poop, poop head to a new level. Maybe that's where we get that term. I'm not really sure. But clearly God is very upset, so much so that he wants to rub poop on their face. This is no joke to him. And I think it's because they're they're liter- they're demeaning his name. I mean, think about it. He spent thousands of, ye- thousands of years raising up and lifting up the nation of Israel, constantly giving them stuff, not because of their good works or their their good looks or their 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 brilliance of intelligence or anything like that. Now, Israel constantly pushes against God, and God continues to be faithful to them, even though they're faithless to him. And they still complain. God is frustrated, and he has every right to be. He says, you guys have tired me out. You guys are, have worn me out. I think you've probably been there in a relationship as well. It's so crazy how much this ties to this like romantic relationship, marriage or something like that. God is worn out. So as you guys celebrate evil people and say that God has favor on them. And then you ask the next day, God, where is your justice? You have a distorted reality of what good and evil is. In chapter 3, he begins to jump into the coming of the Messiah. We won't dive into that yet, but I don't know. I think it's really interesting that the character of God is frustrated at this point, frustrated with his people. And he calls them out. I think he cares about them. I think sometimes frustration reveals what you care about. 
in a healthy way. If somebody wrongs you and you're not frustrated, you probably didn't care that much about them. If somebody upsets you that you know deeply and you're not frustrated, you probably don't know them very deeply. So I guess where in your life do you feel like you're getting frustrated with with a person? And I, I think that's a it reveals deeper relationships. Maybe you're not that frustrated with people. And that could be a sign that you're not close with anybody. And that's an issue in itself. I think it's okay to get frustrated with God at some points. Now, he'll, fight, he'll argue back, man. <laughs> he knows how to argue back. He'll also lovingly hug you. And I think God does care about that. Like my little nephew, Nate, he'll get frustrated about silly things. And, you know, his parents will try to take away a toy. And he'll start he'll start screaming and get frustrated. No! And yeah, it's a, it's a little annoying to, you know, his parents. But his parents ultimately know him and love him and care about him and try to explain as best as I can. Hey, buddy, like, we're not going to play with this right now. We're going to eat. No, okay, well, we can play with it later. How about that? And finally, he gets to a... I mean, and what's funny is, like, he'll start crying for a second, and then by the time he's eating his food, his tears have welled up, and he's not crying anymore. He's happy, and he's eating ice cream and feeling good. <laughs> I think God does the same with us sometimes. I think it's okay to voice our frustrations. And sometimes God, you know, just God may flip, <laughs> put a put an ice cream in front of us out of, after taking away something, and we forget we were even frustrated in the first place, and I think it's okay. I think it's natural. I think it's good. I think Jesus himself was frustrated. And it's amazing to me how savage God is in Malachi with his people. And I think Jesus did the same thing. He's extremely direct and upset. I'm like, oh, children of Israel, how I've longed to bring you under the wings, under my wings like a mother hand, but you're trash and you're all over the place. So anyways, well, yeah, where in your life you feel like you're getting frustrated, I think that's a good thing. I think it reflects who God is. And I think even more so that we should get frustrated about the things he gets frustrated about. Maybe that's the dividing line. Because I definitely think our frustration can come out of a tainted, bent um, belief. But I think there is good frustration. Typically that's being frustrated about the things God is frustrated about. And it's okay to, to, to be upset. And it's okay to want to rub <laughs> poop on somebody's face if they've wronged you in a real, real way. But uh, I wouldn't end there. We see that God does restore his people. He gives them the silent treatment for about 400 years. <laughs> Which is... Pretty savage. But, but in, in that, they're kind of awaiting what he promised, which is to literally come down and care about them. So I think it's really cool. and Yeah, I think this is great stuff. So I hope you guys are well. Think about why you've been frustrated. If you haven't been, maybe you should get a little frustrated about what God is frustrated about. So anyways, love you all. Talk to you later.